0: Oh, babies. It's that time of day. It's Friday. It's our new installment. First ever Fuck It Fridays on the Sharp Tongue Podcast. How are you? Are you subscribed to our Patreon page so you can get exclusive videos? Just like the video that will accompany this episode with our guest comedian Ben Glebe. All videos from the podcast are available exclusively on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash jessiemaypeluso. We've got podcast videos. We have fun content. I'm going to be doing Q&As as as well. Get over there. Become a member. Pick any tier you want. Doesn't matter. Everyone's getting some exclusive shit because that's the kind of mood I'm in. You know what other mood I'm in? Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Fridays, I'm drinking, y'all. What are you drinking? What are you sipping on? Mm. I have a little vodka, actually not vodka, tequila. I don't even drink vodka. Mm. Tequila and lemon on on, on soda, on ice. <laughs> I can't even speak. I've already had a michelada. So excuse me. I fucking love a michelada. I fucked with a michelada. Have you guys ever had a michelada? Do yourself a favor. Cinco de Mayo is coming up. Stock up on Modelo micheladas. Well, they're called Moge- Modelo cheladas. It's one of my favorite drinks you can buy, like grocery store, alcohol. You buy that can, go sit on the beach. Hopefully the beach will be open by then. I fucking hope it will be. And have yourself a grown-ass bitch kind of day or grown-ass sir kind of day and enjoy yourself a michelada. But for now, mmm, spicy. I'm enjoying the fruits of tequila. Oh, I love a good tequila. There's something about a little bit of a tequila buzz it makes me feel like a whole human. And I don't know about you guys, day drinking, it's not a problem. I just sounded like like Donald Trump. I don't know about you guys, but um, day drinking, it's not a problem. Problem for a lot of people, not a problem for me. I can't do, I cannot do a Donald Trump impression. Our guest can. He did, he did a Donald Trump impression that I am going to cut and use as audio for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm going to use it as a little bit of an audio teaser. Yeah, I am. I'm kind of ready. Oh, who's that? My mom. My mom has been trying to FaceTime me. Every day, my mom and um, sister FaceTime and have a little happy hour. And every day, one of us can't figure out the FaceTime We cannot figure out the fucking FaceTime by any stretch of the term. It's just maybe because one of us is too drunk. uh, Maybe because one of us isn't drunk enough. But the new mode of communication has its limitations. And its limitations are your inebriation. (laughs) There's a lot of shuns in that sentence. Not that I'm judging anybody and their inability to be functional on alcohol, because Lord knows I can't have a lot. You know what I like to do? I'm going to do it right now. I like to have a little... Oh, Jesus. I just dropped everything. I like to have a little weed with my alcohol. Just a little bit. Look, I am not running for president. Okay? Our guest did. But I'm not. So I can do whatever I damn well please. That's right. You heard me right. Our guest today ran for president. Spent a year of his life on the campaign trails. Isn't that fucking crazy? Isn't that fucking crazy? Uh y- yeah, he he ran for president. Unfortunately, didn't didn't pan out. But that's okay because I think just embarking on that journey alone is a huge success. I don't uh, I don't even like to run in general, and I'm not trying to make like a dumb cheap joke. I really hate cordy. <laughs> Let alone commit myself to running to 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 like embark on a possible presidential run. I, I it takes balls just to do stand up, let alone go, I could be president. But then again, that's all it takes is that thought. All it takes is one thought. Nothing is created without the thought. The thought is the genesis to everything, isn't it? Isn't the thought the supernova of, of creation? I mean, thought is a creation in and of, in of itself. I just hit the joint once. This is where we are already. That weed is way too loud. I'm over here talking about Genesis, not the band. I might start talking about the band. I did the Phil Collins challenge. I don't know if you guys saw it on the interweb a couple weeks ago where it's that song, In the Air Tonight. Let me cue up the, uh, the part that I'm talking about. It's In the Air Tonight, and you guys know, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. That that drum. You guys know that drum part. You guys know this song. Yeah. And what people have been doing, what they did with this, is that part where the drum beat goes, they are set up in their kitchen, and all of their cupboards are open, and when that drum beat kicks in, they slam all their cupboards to beat, to the beat. Let's see if I've queued it up right. You guys know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't know this part right here. Wait. Here we go. Come on now. So I'm standing in in my cu- in my in my cupboards. I'm in my kitchen. Cupboard doors or cupboards are all open the beat kicks in and I fucking nail it (laughs) so you slam your cupboard shut to that fucking to that beat it's so funny (laughs) you slam your cupboard Oh, it took me like 35 tries to get it right, but boy, when I got it right, it felt good. I felt accomplished. That's that's what quarantine does. It makes you realize your new talents, and then feel accomplished by doing absolutely nothing, slamming your kitchen cupboards to the beat of some 1990s Phil Collins hit, or was it Genesis? Is that what got us here? Genesis got us here. You did this to us. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know what the state of the affairs are going to be post-quarantine. Is it going to be kosher to day drink? Is it going to be cool to not shake hands? I don't know if I'm going to want to shake a hand. Are you? Are you going to want to shake the hand of somebody whose boogers you can't track? We need a booger tracker. No, but seriously, they're talking about doing this contact tracker. I don't like it. I don't like it. A little too creepy. Creepy. A little too involved, a little too much government, but I teeter between all labels. I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I'm neither a conspiracy theorist or a realist. I'm neither religious nor spiritual because I'm just wait I'm waiting it out. I'm sitting in the cut, watching all you fools with your jerseys on, waving your foam fingers and your flags, acting like you got it, figured the fuck out. Now, it doesn't mean I'm indecisive. I've decided I've decided what I am, I'm a little bit of everything, and therefore I don't adhere to one single thing I'm a little bit of everything, so I can do whatever I want. I'm moving in and out I'm weaving and and wobbing I'm bopping and boopin I'm teepin and topping you know you guys know these words, you know these phrases I'm looping and leaning I'm in and out cat cat what was that was that Jesse May? We're not sure. It just looked like a fart cloud coming into the room. We don't know what that was. Was that a Republican or a Democrat? (laughs) (laughs) That was just me coming through the room to see what you fuckers were up to. I think it's important to keep an open mind in all aspects of life. Save for science. A lot of things are a mystery and probably won't be figured out completely within our lifetime. So it's important to keep an open mind. I think we get into dangerous territories and dangerous waters when we Decide upon one thing that isn't quite proven. But then again, to have faith is pretty dope too. It's pretty nice to have faith in something and to believe in something wholeheartedly. So I believe in being open-minded and you can believe in wearing whatever jersey you wear. Let's just make sure that if somebody else isn't wearing the same jersey or doesn't believe what you believe that we're not burning them at the stake because the beauty about this country is our ability as a people to have conflicting opinions and alternative points of view. That's how we grow. So the next time you meet somebody who doesn't think the way you think, instead of trying to get them to think the way you think, learn about how they think, and it might alter the way you think on your own. Then you can have the control to learn something new and pivot. And speaking of pivoting, this guest, my friend, pivoted more than any comedian I've would ever met any career trajectory that I've ever seen in my life, it was amazing to watch. He's hilarious. You know him. You love him. Check out his podcast, Last Week on Earth, with Ben Gleib, my guest, comedian, and former presidential candidate, Mr. Ben Gleib. Sharp Tongue Podcast comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional i talk about my dog sometimes each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me with my special guest
1: Ben hello hello how you doing
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Your voice sounds so good in these microphones and these headphones.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm a little late. I was going as pro as I can because I'm about to do the JPP, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. It it sounds like you're doing like an early morning radio drive to work for people. Like you're their their source of peace before they go and work for somebody else.
1: During these difficult times and the new normal (laughs) that has affected the planet, I try to smooth you right into your pandemic evening. (laughs) You're the kind I'm doing.
0: How are you? How have you been during all this fucking craziness?
1: <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. The first month was just wild existential dread, not understanding what's happening in the planet. And then uh, I got to work, figured I had to start doing something to make a life happen and make a career happen. So I started. I've, I've been busy as hell.
0: Do you think I'm asking everyone this? And it's. Purely just to get a gauge of where you're at. Do you yeah. think it's possible it's a conspiracy? It being a disease. But do you think beyond that, that there's a conspiracy at play?
1: And what made it spread and what created it and everything? I mean, I've been... Here's the weird thing. I'm kind of a devil's advocate guy. Oh, we're supposed to drink, right? So hold on.
0: Let's fuck it Fridays, Ben Glebe. Boom,
1: let's do what we gotta do. Oh,
0: you know? you're a pro.
1: I'm a fucking... You're just drinking beer? Come on.
0: I know. I, well, it's not... Glebe, it is not just beer is chillada
1: oh shit you, you're 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 chilling straight out <laughs> like my little uh, round ice cube
0: i love it you're so distinguished cheers Thank i you. would expect cheers. nothing less from a former presidential candidate
1: indeed indeed believe 2020 girl um so i'm kind of like a devil's advocate what's fault you're all lot taller than me and so i need to do one of these hold on
0: i can make myself shorter hold no, on I, I'm a,
1: there we go that's <laughs> what i'm talking about
0: i'll push myself farther away there is that better is that more proportionate for everybody it can you indeed. hear me
1: some <laughs> girls go push up bro i go push up chair and i whatever it takes get the booster seat right you better believe it <laughs> emphasis on boo you know what i'm saying Mm-mm. anyway you don't know okay that's Absolutely fine <laughs> that's fine um so uh i don't with my conspiracy theorist friends, I'm calling them crazy idiots and being like, you're so insane. They're going to kill the whole planet because they want more power and they already have all this power. And it's not 5G and it's not Bill Gates spreading this so we can vaccinate the world. But then to my friends that are like blindly taking everything, there's a small part of my brain watching the news. And I'm like everyone just falls in step with like during this new normal, during these new times, I'm like, OK, but like you can probably go to the beach because. There's nobody near you at the beach.
0: I know. And it's just, it it seems a little strict. Like, what's Mm. really going on? And I know people are sick, but... I just feel like, isn't the flu worse? Aren't there things that are worse? And I know this is the subject that everyone's talking about and it's been beat to death, but still it's just interesting. Like maybe in the, in 50 years, we're going to look back and be like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. this is what was really going on.
1: Coronavirus is so popular. Even the subject's been beat to death.
0: <laughs> Seriously. It's no, powerful,
1: I meant to say not popular, but both. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I it's, it's definitely intense. I mean, it's, it's, they say that the death rate's worse than the flu. But then again, we don't know. And there's no vaccine, which is what's so scary. There's nothing you can do. But we don't really know if that's true because we're not testing everybody. Right, so right now, it's worse than the flu because the only ones who are being tested are like about to die. Right. right you know what I mean? So, yeah, of course, you have a high death rate. We only got 12 tests. That's, <laughs> that's part like, of the problem.
0: And <laughs> the other part of the problem, which I'm sure you probably learned because of your recent endeavors, is... Yeah information is very easy to manipulate and to put out in a fashion that you garner the response you want. Like it's basically, it's a machine. The media is a machine.
1: That is very much a fact. And I, I I could not know more firsthand how it's not, it does not accurately report the reality of the world. I mean, just the simple fact, you know, I ran for president and, you know, which is so,
0: I didn't mean to cut you off, but I have to tell you, I think it's one of the coolest things a comedian has done. And somebody you. who I know is done, so I want to praise you because that's a huge undertaking. Thank you. Um, but I'm excited for you to talk about it.
1: Sure. So I mean, first of all, yeah, I don't know if you see see the can you see the headline of the newspaper behind me? Look at that. Yeah, is that you? Comedian Ben Glebe runs for presidency. Front page of the newspaper, right there. It's my, my girlfriend surprised me with that, with that framed, and that's all the campaign has left now. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? So. Yeah, the media clearly just does not care about presenting the best example of reality as it exists. They just want the narrative they already know and can kind of control. So, like, for example, they kept publishing just the candidates who everyone knew about and saying these this is the list of the candidates for 2020. They didn't even say these are the top candidates. Just this is the list. There was 200 people running on just the Democratic side. And they're like, this is the list. Ben Gleave's not part of it. These other very acclaimed authors and thinkers and philosophers, they're not part of it. They don't let anybody that comes from the outside be part of the conversation unless they're a billionaire or super fucking Andrew Yang level wealth. Then they force their way in because they could just buy ad space. They can buy a voice. If you don't have money to buy a voice, you don't have a voice in this country and you are still fucking taller than me. There we go. Damn. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so would
0: you say like money is one of the greatest evils in the in our societies today
1: yeah i mean it's definitely the way that we use it is for sure pretty messed up i mean i am a capitalist you know a lot of people try to paint democrats as socialists these days and some of them embrace it i don't embrace that title um I have called myself the whole campaign and my whole life a compassionate capitalist. I believe in being able to start your businesses and work hard and make your money and elevate your status in life through a capitalist system. That's beautiful. Just under one very obvious rule, don't do it while stepping on other people. It's just the golden rule. Don't be a dick to people. That's why I started many years ago the don't be a dick pledge. (laughs) Is it really a pledge? Oh yeah, you could sign. It's a change.org pledge at tinyurl.com slash don't be a dick pledge.
0: Are you serious?
1: That's a fact, girl.
0: I am gonna put this in the details.
1: <laughs> Great. Please do. So um you can sign it. And uh surprisingly not the world the world hasn't signed. Our goal is a million signatures. We've got about four hundred and fifty. So we're getting there. Four
0: hundred and fifty thousand?
1: People, just four hundred and fifty <laughs> people. <laughs> uh, we're on the way, you know.
0: What would you as a compassionate capitalist? What would you like a aggressive socialist to learn to maybe evolve their thinking?
1: Are you an aggressive socialist?
0: No, no, no. I'm just going well, to the other side. Yes, yeah, sure. I just mean theori- theoretically for your argument.
1: Sure. So I just think that America is not a country that is ready or really wants to embrace a title of socialist, and we are both things. So it's just stupid, in my opinion, to embrace a title that alienates 85 percent of the country, even so many liberal Democrats are like, whoa, 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 I'm not a socialist. So why use the word like Bernie could have won? You don't need to use that word. There's a title because Elizabeth Warren had the same policies as him almost exactly. But she's like, I'm a capitalist. And that was smarter, in my opinion, to be able to win theoretically a general election if she had gotten the nomination or if Bernie had. People don't want someone. The word's been so demonized. So fine. People always demonize words. So ignore that word like. We do too much to separate each other in this world. Yeah. Instead, we just need to stop. To me, the differences between political parties, between groups, between races, between genders, it's all just the flavor. It's great to celebrate our flavor, our our seasoning. It's not the core.
0: White people don't have a lot of seasoning, though. We're known for not using a lot of seasoning.
1: We're basic chicken where you're like, "Mm, (laughs) uh, thank you. That was that was was good. Thanks so much. (laughs) So Yeah, we could use more flavor. And that's what other cultures bring to our world. But it doesn't make us any different in value. It doesn't make us any different who we are. It's just the it's just the 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 decorations around the edges, the decolletage, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up. Now, do you think that the few here's here's two questions? One, do you think there are like six rich white dudes that run everything?
1: I mean, I think there's probably like 50 rich white dudes around right. everything. Yeah. I don't know if it's like straight up like the Bilderbergs that control shit and put diamonds on the dollar bill and pyramids and realize that it's, you know, all Illuminati straight Illuminati up.
0: Illuminati shit, right.
1: But I think it's like almost that. You know, I think that they just, it's not even hidden. It's just they've amassed so much wealth. I look terrible. They've amassed. You look great. So, no, the coloring of your camera's beautiful, bright, warm colors and mine looks, what am I, like in sepia tone? You yeah, see what I'm talking about? I just got a new <laughs> webcam, and I don't—I'm not comfortable with it. It looks sepia. I'm not one of my in the Wild West. Yeah, you look like that's a, that's a, that's a new Instagram. That's like a—you're like a brand influencer lifestyle, Jesse May Peluso sunflower brand.
0: This is what my butthole looks like. It just looks like a I've sunflower. Heard I've yeah. heard
1: that about you.
0: It is—it's a very bright butthole. It's—it's it's an exciting—it's like an exciting feature to have. No, I think you look nice. I think Thank I really you. do.
1: Thank you. Um, but like I, I have green eyes, you can't tell. Can you tell? I know
0: you, no, you look like you're just about to be like you're a host from Westworld that just got fixed up and you're going to go back out into the park.
1: I want to know what it's like to be a real boy. <laughs> I, am a <laughs> I am in a dream. I am
0: in a dream.
1: Or are you in a dream? Which one of us is in a dream? I want to stand here naked in this cold scientific room and be touched by all the scientists.
0: Is it possible we're in a dream? Now, my high brain goes there once in a while. Are you, are, are you a pot smoker? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Not only by a pot smoker, I
1: was the first presidential candidate in history to publicly smoke marijuana. I did it on Getting dug with High.
0: Yes. While you were running?
1: While I was running, got on the front cover of High Times, mag, uh, high Times Magazine website because I wanted to advocate for legalizing it because it's insane that we don't legalize it. It's something that helps so many people. And also because I'd missed getting high during the whole campaign. So I'm like, this is a great two for one.
0: That's, that's amazing. What What's one of the things you would tell somebody before they're about to run for president, just presidency to prepare themselves. Like one of the hardest things I'm sure, or, or all the hardest things.
1: It's the hardest thing you could ever do. It is not recommended for anybody. You're out to be insane to do it. And I'd really, that, I consider that period like the time when I sacrificed for my country, nowhere near troops who risk their lives and give their lives often. But for an ordinary citizen, It is intense as can be. It's just every day, not only are you trying to do like, you know, 5, 10, 12 events, you're trying to meet as many people as possible. You're also basically building your business plan in the public eye in front of everybody. You're basically building a huge company when everybody's judging every day. And it's the only job in history in, in the world I can think of where everybody, where like millions of people try to stop you from getting it. Even the CEO of any company. There's not like teams, not social media campaigns to take you down and make sure you don't and you're ever president and people try to tear you down. They make up lies about you. They come at What's you. What's the
0: craziest thing that happened while you were running? Like who what was like a scandal that somebody tried to run on you? That's so amazing. Oh,
1: yeah, there was a very ridiculous one. <laughs> it's so stupid. These guys thought they had me in some great thing. I, I created this event called the Telethon for America back last year or in 2018 to help us I create, remember that yeah you know i just helped us create historic voter turnout that we had best we've had ever with youth and best overall since 1914 no big deal but anyway are um, you serious you yeah, helped that? i helped create that i partnered with, with michelle obama's when we all vote and i created this event that was the first telephone in history with the goal of raising zero dollars and we succeeded we didn't raise shit <laughs> <laughs> instead I look terrible. Instead, what we did was we took pledges to vote in the midterms the very next day, and um, to form voting squads to bring your friends to the polls with you. And I literally just thought of the idea seven weeks before the midterm elections, had no funding three and a half weeks before, and just worked so fucking hard that in the last three and a half weeks we closed hundreds of thousands of dollars of funding, partnered with Michelle Obama's organization, and I got ninety-five of the biggest celebrities on earth to participate, like. Charlize Theron, Natalie Portman, Chelsea Handler, Amy Schumer, Pete Davidson, Ray Romano, them? everybody live came in, participated I hosted it with Olivia Munn, it was magic, million people tuned in and I do this event to help the country and then I start my campaign and these idiots start to take me down with this is the worst they could find on me, they literally released like videos and shit saying Ben Glebe touches celebrities during telethon for America <laughs> And it's literally a montage (laughs) they put in black and white with dramatic like attack ad music of me touching the shoulder of like Jane Fonda in the phone in the celebrity phone bank. I'm like, Jane, quick question. And they're like touching shoulder and like zooming in on me. (laughs) I would never let him. He's grabby Ben Glebe touching shoulders or like me repositioning Whitney Cummings in like an improv game. So she wouldn't see the answer on a screen and they like zoom in tight and make it all dramatic it was so but they would attack me relentlessly with it relentlessly and like, like ads
0: like, were taken out Were ads taken out. On I don't you. know if
1: they I don't know if they cared about me enough to pay for ads, but they were trying to take me down on YouTube and shit. And I don't my show your them. new reel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were shouting me down at my shows, my events. <gasps> it was so stupid. It was like so, so you were
0: also doing stand up while you were running.
1: That's the only thing I was doing to a help get the word out and be make a little bit of money during that time because my income was almost almost zero during the year of the campaign. I actually had to seed it with some of my own savings to start it a big percentage of it. And then we took donations, and then I just made some money from stand-up. I was able to do anything TV-wise really the entire year, anything else, much less stand-up. But I did do some stand-up, and I would do campaign events after and that day. So each city I was traveling to to save the campaign money, I'm doing literally like lunch events where I'm meeting voters and finding out what they – care about in their lives what their struggles are i have people like crying people opening their lives to me and then i go on stage and tell dick jokes for an hour and then get off and do a meet and greet afterwards where i'm hearing about their problems again and like it was the most intense thing in the world and so to what? very long-winded answer i don't recommend running for president unless like you're, you're nuts
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you've been asked this question a thousand times but i haven't asked it and i don't know the answer what was the defining moment or thing that happened in your life that you were deciding to do this and made you step into this new chapter i mean it
1: was you know it's just a combination of things is that you know i've always been pretty political just in the fact that i like politics i follow it very closely my podcast last week on earth is a podcast that covers politics and i try to summarize the world every week news politics pop culture trends and like it's like your one-stop shop if you're sick of the news. You listen to my podcast, and I fill you in on the details, and I make it funny. So I just know politics very well. Then I started being asked to be on NPR and CNN and Fox News and ABC News. I co-anchored even ABC News Digital for a week with Amna Navaz, who ended up moderating one of the debates this cycle, and is now one of the co-anchors of PBS NewsHour. And so I just know politics really well. So alongside this very fun stand-up and acting and hosting career that we all have, I also just have this politics career where I know what I'm talking about. And I sometimes get to in the young Turks and I get to live in that world. And so I just know that I'm passionate about it. I know that I know as much as really any of the politicians that are in office. And I certainly know leagues more than our president and know how to lead better than he does. So (laughs) (laughs) So we just got pulled into this like hellscape with this guy and I didn't have any design really of running for office, but, we're three years into this reign of terror. And I just was looking at the field and very afraid that nobody's going to beat him. And And,
0: and Yeah, go ahead. I was going
1: to say, I saw Biden as the front runner and I'm like, I don't think he's sharp anymore. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. And who's going to be able to do it. I don't think you can beat Trump with policy. I think you have to beat him with shit talking and with comedian skills. That was just the whole premise is like, wow, we need a comic to go out there and just talk shit to this guy. As long as, the person's a good person with a moral core i can go in and go toe-to-toe and destroy the guy in a debate destroy him on rally stages hold rallies in arenas like i've performed hundreds of times with people like chelsea handler and dane cook i could go toe-to-toe with him verbal sparring wise talk shit to this orange monster napoleon bone spurs putin side bitch that fucking is trying to take down our coward the duck that's trying to ruin the planet And I could actually show him to be a little little bitch that he is, and that's how you beat Donald Trump. And then I surround myself with the most incredible team in the world, and maybe Elizabeth Warren or someone's my VP who knows policy. (laughs) She could be my good Dick Cheney to my George W. Bush or whatever, and we could save the world. So I just thought we might need something out of the fucking box to beat this out-of-the-box monster, and that's why I tried. I just thought we needed something very different, and just the media shut me the fuck out. And without media attention, you just can't climb. And so we did amazing. Ended up as the the nineteenth, I think, highest fundraising Democratic active campaign out of two hundred candidates.
0: Dude, that's amazing. I was
1: just shy of the of of being able to qualify for being in all the polls and all the everything, but they kept me intentionally out of all the polls. I got I got a, I got a tiny fraction of the vote in New Hampshire. I tied Julian Castro and and uh, and I think Cory Booker and. Marion Williamson and all these people in, in the in the vote in New Hampshire. It's the one ballot we got on. And then we had to fold it up, fold up shop because we ran out of money.
0: Did you – was there a point where you were like, I'm going to win this?
1: There was one – I don't know about winning. We hoped. That was obviously our goal. But there was one sequence of time where we thought we really had the chance to make it into the mainstream, get into the bait stage, and really fly through. We I had this one-on-one meeting with this guy in New Hampshire – uh, Carlos Cardona, who was like the head of the Laconia Democrats, this, this the
0: head of the Laconian cartel, (laughs)
1: you better believe it. Yeah. I had to, uh, there's there's a poppy deal and we were crushing (laughs) stuff. I was carrying a lot of stuff in my ass, but the point is, um, we, uh, had this great meeting and we leave the meeting and he calls my campaign manager and he says, I'm considering endorsing Ben. I'm Bernie Sanders was in his living room like a week earlier. Every candidate goes and kisses his ring. And he tweets that I was in his top five candidates, me, Bernie, Elizabeth Warren, and like maybe Cory Booker and somebody else. And comes out in the Washington Post or the New York Times, the next. the Washington Post the next day, a story saying the most powerful man in New Hampshire politics, Carlos Cardona. Every candidate needs him to fire through. And he's considering endorsing us. And at that same time, I was invited to speak at the AFL-CIO convention in Iowa alongside every major candidate so i was speaking in this huge bill to our union workers on the same lineup as biden and warren and klobuchar and everybody that's wild it was fucking wild and i do this speech that i wrote that just is like this kind of anti-establishment you can see it on youtube just search glebe afl-cio and this anti-establishment speech about how we need to take the power back for people and how we need to stop letting these forces keep voices out that are like you. I'm the only union worker, the only working man in the race, and they won't give us a voice. i not giving you a fucking voice. I get a standing ovation after this event, one of the few of the day. Biden didn't get one. Bernie didn't get one. I crushed this event. I'm like, oh, shit. I just shit. got
0: chills for you.
1: Yeah. I just got chills, too. And I made it look even more peaked because of that. But. <laughs> So we had a moment. We thought something. I like got the cover of that newspaper. And I'm like, maybe we have a moment to resonate through here. And then Larry King had me on. And and, uh, and then we just got shut out of the next few things and started running out of money. And then it became too late.
0: It and sounds so- like everything in this country that, it you know, the only way to get through is with money. Like money, uh-huh. money talks. And it's interesting that you're the thing that you were talking about is almost – I guess it's the compassionate part of your your uh, capitalistic mindset where you're talking about anti-establishment because that's anti-capitalism
1: <laughs> for sure. Just I'm, I'm I'm definitely anti-unfettered crony capitalism. I'm anti the old boys club that just tries to keep mon- all the money for themselves. How much fucking money do you need? I would literally say in my cam- campaign speeches in my administration, you can still have three houses. And, and a, a couple boat. boats and a couple boats you just don't need five boats and 12 houses
0: if your boats getting dusty if your boat hasn't been used <laughs> it's unnecessary it's it's yeah. and i said this when i was on rogan we were talking about a similar um subject matter of the idea of excess in this country there's mm. so much production that's unnecessary do we need a new car model every year do we right. need a new cell phone every year and the answer is no, but we're used to getting new things and new things mm-hmm. are like the, the you know, little shiny treasures that sort of run and are the underlying, um, I think, force of capitalism in a sense where it's like they make you believe like you need new shiny shit in order to feel validated. And it's important. I think we do need a, a compassionate capitalist in office. And, you know, I'm I don't adhere to any party. I, I don't wear a jersey for either side. I just want somebody who's capable, somebody who's compassionate, and somebody who understands how to save a dollar. because <laughs> That's who I am. That's who yes. I am.
1: I never did either. I never subscribed to any party. I I'd never identified as a Democrat until I had to run for office. Or I actually did it to vote for Bernie a few years ago, but I until I had to run for office. I I never said i'm a proud democrat i think we again we have too many labels we always try right. to subdivide people we are what do you all say people. to those
0: people who like you and i like who don't necessarily adhere to a label like how do you vote
1: you just vote with your heart you vote with your heart and your mind it has to be that blend but you have to just use your brain and vote for people who are actually going to help who are actually going to create change for the things you need you know the republican party what I definitely am is not Republican because that party is just so. They're just, they're con artists. They really, the modern Republican party, not Republican people in the country. A lot of them have just been tricked into believing this party that literally fights against their interests. But the people in power who are Republicans, they, they're like the greatest magicians ever. They're the best P.T. Barnum marketing con men. And so Trump is their perfect leader. He's the personification of like what they've been hiding for so long. He just says it outright. Basically, I'm going to fuck you over. I don't give a shit. Okay. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I'm gonna fuck you over, and you love me because I'm from TV. You little bitch. That's basically the core of every one of his speeches, with like a little extra flowery language.
0: Yeah. Why so, did Why do you think Trump got elected?
1: Because people want change so much, and people want authenticity so much. They think he's so real because he cusses and uses t- calls it like it is, and uses different language they've ever heard a politician speak with, and shit wasn't working for them. The best thing he ever said, was, you know. He, even a good example, when he speaks to the black community in his campaign, he would say to the black communities across our country, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? And even though it's majorly offensive, it's also – a lot of them were like, that's also a decent point because we've been fucked over for so long. And the only problem is that they chose a con man. The only option that was really offering that was this con man, whereas what you need is somebody who actually is going to do that, somebody who actually cares about people, can relate to people anywhere. That's why I also think a comic is very interesting because what – other than someone who actually works with their hands in like a granite quarry, like who is more real than <laughs> you know? Other than Howard Rourke, who else is more real? That's like traveling the country for our lives and just hanging with people, getting drunk with people, getting stoned with the staff out behind the comedy club in the snow, hooking oh up God. with random people at clubs. Like that's the salt that's of the earth. That's
0: not me. That's you. That's you. That's not me. <laughs> Back.
1: Back. You don't hook up on the road? No. I mean, I, I don't anymore. But you, you never have.
0: No, I never did.
1: It's a hard scene for women to do that. Everyone in says that.
0: Yeah, your coochie could not survive, so you gotta protect the coochie. Coochie's first.
1: I mean, it couldn't survive possibly if you, if you well select Am like I, a, like what a. What if it ran sanitizer? away?
0: Yeah, like what if it ran away? What your if coochie? Like, yeah, what if I lost my coochie one night because I made a bad decision to hang out with some barback from the laugh track?
1: It just ran away. It, it, like literally, <laughs> the sunflower just went to the great sunflower place in the sky. Beautiful. <laughs> Hello. Uh, please, I, I, I find you very attractive, barback,
0: but I refuse. Give you that coochie. Give you that coochie. What do you think is uh, some of? What do you think's Trump's biggest issues? Like, what do you think? I know there's there's so many, but like, if you could name three reasons for why he shouldn't be reelected, what would you say?
1: He is one of the most self-serving, corrupt compulsive liar individuals in human history, and he's actively dividing the planet and making us hate each other, and he is dismantling, so that's one. Two, mm-hmm. he is dismantling our faith in our institutions and our entire constitution. Literally, he says our elections aren't real and that there's voter fraud that doesn't exist, and he just makes it up and people don't believe in our FBI anymore or our elections or our CIA or anything. And then as if that weren't enough, and also he's making us hated around the world and making us a laughingstock and losing our moral authority. Even worse than that, somehow, he also has. Uh, the third thing is he's undermined the very concept of truth on the planet. And that's the greatest damage he's done. <laughs> like we don't know what facts are anymore because Trump invented fake news as a fucking phrase. And now a fact you don't like, you can just say it's fake news. Oh, boy. And we have no way to even have an intelligent discussion if we can't agree what the facts about it are. So he's ruined our brains. We have to wow. get him out so fucking fast. And we're already like very deep down, point of no return. But if he wins again, I really think America's done for. It's not Like, What a do you joke. mean?
0: What do you think? It, what do you think? If he wins again, you say it's done for. Do you think World War Three? No, I just think we lose all
1: of our standing. I think the empire crumbles will probably be economically undermined in huge ways by China and many other world forces. We're going to be um, subjugated to the dustbin of history. It probably will be some kind of attack that he's unable to, He can't even handle this coronavirus thing. It's going to be some attack. He ignores reports and we're going to just become from being the, the, the ones you don't fuck with to the ones you can fuck with. And it's just empires crumble when they get hubris, when they get too confident and when they get too cocky and he's doing all of it at once. and, we won't have any ability to even rally behind a solution. I mean, look at it now. Now our only answer is Biden. And he's, he's I got to
0: say it's mentally is, not
1: super sharp.
0: No, he reminds me of when my dad was like early on, like early right? uh, Alzheimer's. Like it's it's alarming. And that's what I was going to say. Like our our alternative isn't doesn't seem strong.
1: Yeah, so we don't have even the ability for change now. Biden will create no significant change. It's just much, much, much better of a choice only because he'll surround himself with great people. And it'll be a lot of the Obama administration back. And even they weren't like drastic change makers. But we're going to start repairing a lot of the damage that Trump did. And we'll be hopefully have a chance to reclaim our place and get our country back where it was. Trump so keeps we'll- saying
0: – You know, oh, we're here because of our previous administration. Like how much of what Obama quote unquote did with his administration really set Trump up in a poor fashion? Or is is that just
1: it's complete bullshit. Zero conversation. Zero zero percent. Trump just pulled shit out of us. He literally is blaming Obama's administration for the coronavirus. (laughs) It didn't exist. It wasn't I heard it was
0: Michelle Obama. I heard Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was the bad dinner she made for Barack and the kids in the White House. I mean, it spread off of that bat meal she was serving oh, everybody. Oh
0: God, what's our, zero percent. what's our best case scenario in this? Like, honestly, the, here's my theory on Trump. I'm going to say a strong statement, please. I think he's the most important president we've ever had. In What way? In the way that he's waking people up who don't normally follow politics. And they're it, not waking them up like I need to read the news every day. Because that that that's great. And I think it's leading to that waking them up in a way that's like, who the fuck is this? You know, it's kind of like when you hear noise outside of your apartment and you normally don't give a fuck, but it's a different (laughs) kind of noise. It's not the normal crackhead. It's a different kind of crackhead. And it sounds a little bit more dangerous. And before you never were worried about the crackhead outside your house. You didn't care. He never really bothered you. You're like, whatever. I'm still living. I'm fine. I'm comfortable. He's not bothering me. Right. But this crackhead has a different sounding voice. He also has a weird limp and there's like people around him that you don't trust. He came with a whole posse of people and you're like, oh fuck, I need to start researching crackheads because this one's more dangerous.
1: I agree with that.
0: So I think Trump Being the most important president, he's important. I'm not saying the best. I'm saying important. Important in the way that he's waking people up who normally have been flowing through the society without questioning where do I get what I get? How is it manufactured? How are my rights? um decided upon where is this food coming from what's the cost of this gas that's being put into my car also are people paying attention to like child sex trafficking because i've heard that that's kind of like an issue he's waking people up to our rights and things that we need to focus on because he's so fucking crazy
1: yeah I mean, that is true. I I wrote a column for Huffington Post like a year and a half before he was elected saying that he's probably the president that the country deserves at the time.
0: Wow, I agree.
1: Because he was, you know, forever we were doing all these things. Like you're saying, we had all these problems that we just weren't addressing and our politicians use flowery language to cover it up. And he's the president that just gets rid of the flowery language. And he's he's actually speaking about the things we do very overtly, you know, one of the more interesting things Trump has said in office is when even though he's completely like in Russia's pocket and it's ridiculous. But when they say Russia shot down a, a line or Russia is in bed with terrorists, he would say, do you think we're so clean? Do you think we're so good? We've done a lot of things, too. No president would ever fucking say that. So that's the only thing I give him some credit for where, where he one of the few things where he calls out sometimes these blanket truths. He then uses them for his own advantage and doesn't actually try to fix the system. He just uses it for a talking point to gather. So so he can tweet
0: later. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. So he's he's still the most self-serving asshole in the world. But yes, he, he that's the one positive that I've said. I hope you're right that it actually wakes people up and it makes us start taking action and caring about these things. Let's hope. But I have some doubt, even though I'm an optimist typically I have some doubt because even this coronavirus, his approval rating goes up and then he just lies about it and he says ingest, he says fucking inject bleach into your <laughs> system told, told and people. people are like doing it instead of being like okay, I'm out now they're like,
0: maybe i do that,
1: maybe I should eat Tide Pods again maybe I was right, I was ahead of my time with that Tide Pod chewing building up my immunity for coronavirus oh
0: my god, he's like, everybody You need to boof bleach we need to boof bleach <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do the impression. That was pretty good. That was pretty you good. Do was you, good. Said, you, you do it. You say. You do it. In Trump's voice, he tells people to boof bleach.
1: Look, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people, a lot of scientists are telling me that the way to get rid of the coronavirus, not Fauci, but, but a lot of them are saying boof bleach. <laughs> a lot of them are saying you boof the bleach. Okay. Melania is doing it. Okay. A lot of us are doing it. And so it's not proven. If you believe in scientists, if you're one of the ones that believe in scientists, when I hear scientists, I go, la, 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 fuck you, science, okay? I use gut, okay? Some people intuit pandemics, some people intuit infectious disease. I'm an infectious disease myself. It takes one to no one, okay? Okay? It's a very nasty question.
0: I'm going to use that as a soundbite on my podcast.
1: (laughs) Please, please do that. (laughs) Police, that fucking guy so yeah i mean he's waking people up but also he's equally creating a bunch of fucking this army of zombies that believe blindly non-fact so we got that to fight against now so i'd rather we would just gradually have gotten better towards being aware of our problems but we are where we are so that's that
0: we are but you did make a comment about and i you know i think this too but i have limited information definitely compared to you you said russia's got um trump in their back pockets. And vice versa. I mean, wh- what what does that look like for the American people? What does that mean for the American people? I mean, it's just fucked up. The
1: whole thing is fucked up. We have this guy that just, and it's, I don't, who knows if the Steele dossier is true. Who knows if they got that P tape or, you know, literally he has Russian prostitutes peeing on each other on the bed Obama slept in. Like this is literally what's become of our national discourse <laughs> now. It's like dirtier <laughs> than what you and I would talk about on stage. And that's not. A very high bar and he's still like whoa lester holt just said some shit on the nbc nightly news i would be like i don't know if i'd bring that to the stage
0: (laughs) you're gonna open with that
1: (laughs) breaking news tonight p on prostitutes stay tuned so um but even aside from all that it's just that he wants his he's all about money and he's all about power and being liked. And so it's just the fact that he likes to be liked by these strong men. He really wants to be respected by these badass evil dictators because he thinks then, oh, then I must be one of the great leaders. I must be a great, badass, strong fucking leader. He wants to be a strong man. And he just wants to build Trump towers in Moscow. And he wants business deals there. And so he just has no, he has zero loyalty to our country. So what it means to America is we literally have like a Manchurian candidate. We have somebody in the office. Whoa. that. Does not give a fuck about you, about anybody listening. He just cares about himself and more and more money and power. And it's It's so
0: dangerous.
1: Very fucked up. It's very fucked up.
0: The way you say that, like he has zero loyalty to our country. It kind of it's reflective in the people who support him. They also are sort of, you know, treating America like a two dollar crack whore.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, even worse, because like it depends who you two hours a person, but if I were with a two dollar crack card, I'd still be like, thank you, we done, but thank you.
0: <laughs> me too. Me too. I still give them
1: a nice a thank point. you. you know?
0: It's a good point. Take them sex, in sex by workers the door. just because you're a sex worker does not mean you deserve to be treated like trash. Yeah. You're right. Thank you you're for already that. Thank getting you for paid cracking. two dollars.
1: So like I'm gonna give you a kiss on the cheek on the way out. You know what I mean?
0: I'll let my cousins know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Send them over, girl. Send them over. <laughs> I will make certain exceptions of my pandemic quarantine. Cleanly zone for for the right cousin, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> what about um
1: Justin my Papuso? You know what I mean.
0: <laughs> Papuso, wow. Justin
1: my Papuso, you know what I'm saying.
0: Things you learned on the campaign trail to get those votes. I like that.
1: Whatever you got to do.
0: What who who would be a if you could choose a Democratic candidate other than Biden? Who who do you think would be good other than Biden and Bernie? If you had if you, off the table.
1: I mean, I liked Elizabeth Warren and I endorsed her just a few days before she dropped out and wasn't able to do it. But then she disappointed me crazy when she didn't endorse Bernie instantly. It showed me showed her to me to be an opportunist who didn't believe in those things she was saying. And she was just trying to choose a platform that could get her into power. I mean, the one I have a little window open for her is that maybe she just really didn't think Bernie could win. And she's vying for that VP slot for Biden and didn't want to. Obviously, she wouldn't have gotten that if she'd endorsed Bernie. So I don't know, but lost a lot of respect for me there.
0: What about the younger military woman? Tulsi, Tulsi.
1: Yeah, I met her. Uh, I like her as a person. She seems fine, but she also is one that I don't believe when they say she's like a Russian asset. Like they also accuse her of. But I do think she has some pretty odd opinion. She voted against impeachment. She's like. She's, I don't know. She's against the grain in ways that irk me a little bit. So I don't, I don't really dig her. I, I, I liked as a person mate, Mayor Pete, I met him too, but he also was pretty centrist and wasn't looking to make big change.
0: Like say you got like,
1: I like, I like Cory Booker a lot, to be honest.
0: I was going to ask you about Cory Booker earlier. Um, What do you think would have kept him in the race? And what, and what is it money that made him out as well?
1: I think his speeches were a little too lofty. Every time he would speak, he'd be like, we want that shining place on the hill and a new renewed purpose for America. Dude, this is not a energy commercial after an oil spill. We are trying to <laughs> turn your PR around, speak like a human a little bit. He was a little too flowery. You know, he was a little bit too Daisy Mae Peluso asshole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is that a daisy or a sunflower? Who knows?
0: It's a sunflower.
1: Oh, OK, fair <laughs> enough. I'm not great with flowers. You know what I mean? <laughs> Flowers can't vote, Jesse, man. I don't give a shit. I know.
0: They don't fucking matter. Flowers are not people. Nah. Even though they grow nah. better when you play music, supposedly. Really? That's beautiful. Supposedly. I know. It's really beautiful. Or as like a lot of president? Americans say, supposedly.
1: Supposedly. So many people say it. Mm-hmm. I don't dig it when they do that.
0: I know. It, it kind of irks. It reminds me of the our failing educational system.
1: <laughs> yes. it's. I, I I really wish I could. you could correct people without being a real dick. I do it sometimes, but I really wish you could just be like, supposedly. Go ahead.
0: It's, it's a slippery slope, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you got into office, okay, if you were elected, first thing, first order up, what is it?
1: I mean, day one, I would have got us back in the Paris Climate Accords and started pushing for a more stringent, more enforceable accord um, that could really make change because the climate is in enormous, very urgent peril, big, big, big time. Um, now, with this current crisis, I would implement instantly a national testing plan that trump just seems to ignore and not want to do for some reason the only way you could ever coordinate a testing plan to make sure we all know whether we did or didn't have it is running it through the federal government from the very top and he just every day he's like i don't take responsibility for anything and he just is a dick so that's a major major one and i would make sure that our businesses are made whole again and that the now 30 it's now 30 million Americans, 30 million. I believe, that are filed for unemployment, make sure that we reach deep, print some more money, and deal with the inflation and get them much more significant stimulus and add-ons to their unemployment so that people can be made whole again and re-up PPP so that small businesses can rehire their people. That's a very big thing. you know. That My business applied for it. I'm still waiting to hear if we're going to be able to get that loan because so much of business shut down and um you know I didn't You didn't apply?
0: I applied but I I couldn't qualify. Why not? Uh just it, it, you know it's so unfortunate the paperwork I need I slacked on because the past 2 years is when my father was sick and he passed away and I just oh, shit. got uh, you know um distracted with grief so I unfortunately don't have the paperwork that I need to prove even though it's you know there, there's so much um red tape with that, you know, it's a little difficult, I think. Yeah, it, it should be a little right. easier,
1: yeah. And and most of the money keeps going to big corporations, and the point of it is to help small businesses. I i i, I joked that they called it PPP because it's like Trump's just peeing on you three times. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's exactly a- what it feels yeah, they're not allocating the money to the people who need it. It's ridiculous. I'm
0: not being protected by the piss at all.
1: No. Does just,
0: this PPP come with like a tarp or a poncho? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just the classic, it, 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 just this whole mindset is the classic old joke. I think Bill Maher said it about trickle-down economics, the Republican plan of trickle-down. Literally, they're saying it's trickling down. We're literally saying we are peeing on you. We're exactly. peeing on you. Whatever happens to fall down, good luck, you know?
0: It's exactly what it sounds like. It's it's there's so much to consider and um, tell people what your podcast is again, because I think it's important, especially for people I'm speaking to who are starting to get into politics because of the current president.
1: Yeah. So I keep it both serious and very light and silly and funny. But I, you you learn what's going on and then we just make you make you laugh, make you think a little bit. And then we cover a lot of silly shit. It's called Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe. It's on Kevin Smith's Smodcast Network. So beautiful. It so cool. Yeah, it's real fun. And so it's not like too heavy. Sometimes it gets there, but we just make sure people are informed and then we have a good time. I do it solo sometimes and I invite guests to join me sometimes also. I'd love to have you on ASAP.
0: I would love to be on. And before I let you go and finish your day, Jameson, I've been asking my friends and guests to give our listeners a few, I've been asking for like three ways they can thrive during. The quarantine or three things that you've done differently for yourself that you found has sort of helped you get through this without going crazy and also sustain
1: yes okay so
0: and it could be wild crazy whatever
1: sure okay one one of them is going to be another plug because i really think it's gonna help the show Fuck you just yeah. were on the other day is the social distancing social club is the show i created that i'm doing live streaming five days a week and it's just a shit talking 90 minutes. It's not serious. It's not political. <laughs> and we just are fucking nuts. And it's a real blast. It's free on YouTube and all the socials. So if you go to laughfromhome.com dot com, you get the links to watch that whatever platform you like. And you will just laugh. It's with celebrity guests and Sam comedians. And it's bonkers. Jamie a Kennedy's are, a lot of ball bust. Jamie Kennedy's our recurring hot tub correspondent. To give you an example.
0: Is he in From, the hot tub in the
1: hot tub every time? Yeah, it's I love pretty that. Great.
0: I lo- He's so, so funny.
1: I love him. He's such a nice guy. So we got that. And then also I created the Nowhere Comedy Club, which is the first (laughs) fully digital comedy club in history. And you can actually get tickets to see comedians headlining in your living room. I'm headlining it this weekend. I have a very special celebrity guest. When does this come out?
0: This is going to come out today.
1: Okay, good. So I can't announce who my celebrity guest is, but a very big... Female comedian is going to do a guest spot on my show, but we have already comedians headlining like Adam Ray, Greg Proops, Brad Williams, Ida Rodriguez, uh, incredible people coming on board to to do the club. And I'd love if you want to do a weekend, too. So nowhere that's come- awesome. It's real fun. We've like hacked it. We figured out how to make it feel as much like a comedy club as possible. There's live laughter. There's up to 300 people in each show. And wow. That's been is- my
0: biggest thing. Like. I haven't done any virtual comedy yet because I wanted to wait for the kinks to be worked
1: out. We figured out the kinks. We this exactly what we did. It's it's this beautiful full-on club host headliner, host what? feature headliner shows and real door deals. Like you're making real money. Like you're on a club with no travel costs. It's amazing. And it's cheaper for people to attend because there's, because there's no hard costs and no rent tickets are like 10 or 15 bucks, depending when you get them. So nowherecomedyclub.com dot com for that. Also free tickets to all frontline healthcare workers who are interested. So there oh, are here. So we're doing that. So check those two places out. And then other things I've been doing to thrive during the quarantine. Um, I recommend, um, Here's the way I get through not having a lot of sex with your partner. Um, <laughs> I It wasn't the plan, but that's the way it's shaken down. And I'm fine. So you can at least survive that way.
0: <laughs> Knowing it's, you can survive without any, you know, nookie. You're good.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of builds up your own sense of self, which is right.
0: Nice. And if it's healthy, why force it? Just let it sort of happen when it happens. If it's once in a while, that's fine. If it's every exactly. day, I'm totally therapist. happy
1: with the amount that we're having sex i'm fine with it once every two and a half weeks it's good seven week lockdown i'm fine i, I feel great I'm sneaking off into the bathroom in the middle of the night to masturbate so i don't wake up you and the dog that's now sleeping in our bed for some reason <laughs> you don't even want a
0: dog to sleep in the bed i'm ben, good with it we're still we're still recording what
1: i thought you we ended the podcast and i'm no. just yelling to the to the windmills there
0: no, no, no. We're still recording. Yeah, okay. I'll cut that part out. I'll cut Thank that. Thank you.
1: I would appreciate
0: that. You're welcome. Um. So that,
1: and then also, I recommend that uh, people just eat like crazy. Here's a good tip I got to to thrive in this quarantine. I'm eating desserts like mad every day, like multiple scoops of ice cream followed by many sour patch kids, followed by a couple oh, Reese's peanut butter cups. You know what I'm saying? And maybe a popsicle. But here's the here's the trick to it. Okay. You throw it up. No, no, no. That's old school. That's old school. Yeah, you're right. This is in the 80s. You're right. Okay. What you do is you only eat two meals a day and then you go dessert. (sighs) So your third meal is the dessert. So you're not going too crazy on calories. I think I've actually dropped one or two LBs during this quarantine and I'm having an ice cream party every night.
0: (laughs) Did not you just tweet this? I might did you, know. Did you tweet something about how much you've been eating? I oh yeah. You-
1: I mean, this is my reality right now. <laughs> and one, one one amazing thing my my girlfriend did do cuz I'm totally happy with the amount of sex what, she, she put m in her what, pussy? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Did she a put min?
0: M&M's? Did she put M&M's in M-M's? her pussy? M&M's? <laughs> no. They melt in your mouth. Did she put sour patches in her snatch? Sour snatches?
1: You're very close. even though I do like that name. She put sour patch cookies into freshly, sour patch kids into freshly baked cookies. Sour patch cookies, Jessie Mae. Look at your eyes right there. That should be a gif right there. Or a gif. Yeah. And can I tell you, game fucking changer.
0: I don't even understand what you just said. I, I smoke know. weed, and I'm confused. I know.
1: Oh, if you're stoned, and you pop yourself a little fucking
0: what's, cookies what's, with
1: sour patch in them, melted and mmm, it's next level.
0: Yo, you don't need sex with that shit. You
1: no, know, sometimes you combine them. You know what I mean? You just find yourself some cookies and some private bathroom time. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know Coming talking to you about.
0: guys from a bunker mr ben glebe former presidential candidate is there anything else you want to tell these fuckers before you leave and go and hump your girlfriend in the backyard
1: (laughs) uh no just you know i'm excited to be back in that comedy life again i did that thing last year trying to help out and it did what it did it didn't do what it didn't do i was so excited to get back to comedy and then the world shut down so i'm going on (laughs) year two now of not having a normal comedy career so just check out my stuff listen to the podcast go to nowhere comedy club and uh just well you know just come see me just see, see me as a comedian again this is what i do in my heart you know yeah
0: you're great you're great last week on earth with ben glebe check it out subscribe rate review all that stuff thanks for taking time and also thanks for having a little fuck it friday cocktail with me
1: hell yeah girl cheers it one more time yeah boom. one more little boom.
0: Mm
1: this was a very fun time I love it thank you for having me on
0: I'll tag you in all of it thank you so much
1: listen anytime bye bye now